0: Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. This week I talk with James Shields, popular artist in RPG circles. We talk about his art and how he prices, discuss his Patreon and how that works. And to top it off, we talk about his current Kickstarter where they are taking his 2D monster art and turning it into 3D models that you can print at home. But enough of talking about what I'm going to talk about. Sisters and brothers, it is time to get rambling. Hello, James. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, well, thanks for joining me from all the way up in Alaska.
1: <laughs> Not a problem. It was uh, trying to uh, trying to remember. Okay, how many hours are we ahead? <laughs> and I'm used to your time. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and Levi um, Combs. I had him on the show. He he oh. came from Alaska. He his wife's in the Air Force, so he did a brief stint there and was kind of talking about uh, that whole thing. So
1: Levi's good people,
0: (laughs) Yes, you know, uh, the more I've, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of new at the whole publishing thing as I'm learning and meeting new people. It's just, it is just such a, uh, maybe family's too strong of a word, but there is definitely a community there that is, uh, pretty, pretty supportive and pretty kind and very much. Um, I don't know, just like you say, good people.
1: Yeah, uh, Levi is one of my biggest cheerleaders. I don't know if he, if you knew that or not, but uh, no, yes, uh, uh, he, he just, uh, so yeah, good people.
0: So, 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 uh, so does he encourage you a certain way or is he, I mean, what, in what ways? Um,
1: he, well, uh, I, I, I was able to meet him at North Texas RPG Con. Um, he's been a support of my Patreon, he, uh, my, of my Kickstarters, he uses my work, he, um, uh, and, and just, uh, whenever I have something he's he's sharing and talking about it, giving shout outs and so uh so yeah he's that's how he uh that's how he's one of my, my biggest my biggest cheerleaders
0: i yeah. will tell you uh, on twitter it's been uh been a very you know positive experience there's just a number of people like you say very positive very much promoting of other people um yeah i completely agree I got to meet him at game con, but uh i guess since you're up in alaska are you' are your uh Are your? um, I guess you're still continental US, but is your lower uh, the lower forty eight? Are you still going to be going to conventions there, or are you kind of uh, stuck up there for a while?
1: Well, um, I've been going to the North Texas uh, for the past seven years, and uh, um, I have, as far as I'm able, I have no intention of stopping um well when I, when I was in the lower 48 i only went to a few other conventions um i did go to chupacabra con in austin uh, uh once or twice no twice and uh also uh to uh long con um, and, and uh, uh enjoyed both of those but i have a special place uh north texas has a, has a special special place for me and so uh i'm plan on being there this year. I go and um, I, I get to game with my dad. and didn't get to do a whole lot oh, of that. Oh,
0: that's amazing. Oh man, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it, it was my, it was my dad who, who inadvertently introduced me to uh, RPGs. And um, I was, I was young and and I'm, I've, I've been more passive aggressive uh, uh, as a youth where I would drop hints that I want to be involved, but I would never actually use words and so that that's that creates a communicative barrier (laughs) and so uh uh, but my dad still has a little miniature i made for him out of like gerbil wood a toothpick and a penny and that was my way of saying hey i want to play too but you know we we guys are i don't pick up on on hints very well
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so uh so what did you, what do you, I guess, what did you play then with your dad? And what do you play now with your dad? When did you guys play?
1: Uh, well, I didn't, I didn't play with my dad and that's why. Oh, that's why I why see I what you're saying. Now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the,
0: the communication wasn't there, but you seeing him played, you wanted to play.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I got to look at all the books and all these different things. And and so when I had a friend invite me to, um, to role play as a teen, I, I jumped on it. I was like, yes, definitely. And, uh, and so um what what I, what I now play with my dad is I t- it's, he's an an older D and D old school D and D type of guy and so I try and pick those type of games to play with, uh, to play in uh, but I'm, I'm more eclectic and so I'm, I'm always want to try different different games especially when going to conventions you got so many opportunities uh, to try <laughs> things you'd never get to try so you're not,
0: you're not going for the uh, for the adventure league. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, I am the same way. So when I go to a convention, I look for either old games back in the day that I never got to play, even if I mm-hmm. don't really want to like ever run them, but just like, oh, villain, Villains of Vigilantes. So I like playing games that I've that I've always wanted to play or I saw in magazines. Also, I enjoy games I I think I may want to play or mm-hmm. then everything else is just in between where I need to fill my time.
1: Yeah. And there's so, you know, sometimes there are games that you would love to either play or, or run, but just aren't a good fit for, for conventions that you're like, I don't know if I ever get to play, but, um, uh, this is not one of them. Uh, but you know, I did have an opportunity to, um, I had the opportunity to snag a, um, a seat at a call of Cthulhu game. Um, I never played that game. But I wound up giving it up so my dad and I could play uh, playing a game together. And then uh, I think there was uh, one other game that um, that I snagged that would have been that would have been fun to play. But uh, you know, I still wanted to play with him. And so, but I don't do that. I don't do that for every single thing. But, but uh, that's what I, that's what I love about about uh, convention play uh, is is trying new games and and meeting new gamers. And so uh, that's where I get the, the the bulk of my playing in uh, the rest of the year. Uh, when I play it's, it, it's running the game. Uh,
0: so. So what your dad think of call of Cthulhu? Uh,
1: he didn't get the, you know, we didn't play that. I, I, I dropped out of that. Oh, that's uh, when
0: you dropped out so you could play with your dad. Oh, I right.
1: got it. <laughs> we want to play in probably some first edition game. And, uh, it, it's been interesting seeing his playing style versus my playing style. We have two different types. and so what we what we enjoy, he is a type of gamer who wants to solve the puzzle. He wants to solve, uh, he wants to figure it out. And, uh, and then we get into a group of, of people who get stuck in the first room and never get out of it. He feels like we wasted our, our time. Uh, but other people are, you know, are enjoying that whole process. And so it's all, it's all, it's all cool, the, uh, the different uh, directions we, we come at, at this hobby from.
0: Yeah, and I find it's and – and that's what I find kind of interesting because a lot of times I'll be running games, but the um, last couple of years I've, I've been doing more playing. But that is nice when you get to look – from the player's perspective and I just realized things I'm really not good at. (laughs) It says, as a a player, like solving puzzles. I just give up. Somebody says, Oh, three levers. And, you know, and uh, there's a basket of whatever, and this is going to, there's three lights and it's it's like, forget that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I'm done. I'm done. It's
1: well like, <laughs> when i say, when I say puzzles, it's more of my, my dad wants to 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 accomplish and complete something. Oh, not yeah. every room must all. get
0: checked, every yeah completionist as far as uh that makes sense yeah. I've, and I, we were in a game in a convention where some people are very much that way. Yeah, yeah, you're like, let's just see how far I can go and and, and see what happens, not necessarily saying I've I systematically cleared every room every level or or
1: or more of um. You know, let's not get hung up on and, and be so. You know, some people are, are very afraid of losing the, their character. Um, and some of that is because of the way the the, the hobby has developed, right? Uh, where um, it used to be super deadly, I mean, sometimes still is. Um, and and so you have to spend so much time to avoid the death that you never really get somewhere, and so. There, there's just the, the, you know, just seeing the different um, uh, perspectives has been cool with my, playing with my dad. I'm, I'm more the person who, who enjoys um, the role, uh, playing, playing the character. Um, uh, and so doesn't mean we can't both, in, both enjoy the same hobby. And so that's what, that's what I get to do. Well, and I uh, think the
0: thing is, even for a game or two or for a couple of days, you know, that's, that's an easy thing to, to, to do. Just spend time with somebody yeah. you love. It's it's uh so yeah and I I think the thing too for me it's like you know for me a convention is time to you know uh, they really say uh, drive it like you stole it you know it's like, <laughs> you know it's like it's all out okay we're going yeah. to see and especially if you're you're looking at a system that you're maybe interested in playing like maybe buying or something it's like you really want to see what all aspects do you want to see what failure looks like you want to see what extreme mm-hmm. failure looks like and uh, but then again, if you're in a game like with, um, um, uh, uh, came up for his name, James, um, uh, Gamma World, um, James Ward's game, you mm-hmm. can tell you right off the beginning, that's not fun either. Where you die in five minutes and, you, and then you got, you know, three hours of and a half of just, you know, wandering the halls. But, uh, there's a mix in between. So, what, what do you normally run or what, what games do you like to run?
1: Uh, okay. So, for what I like to run, um, so, I've been developing my own system. So, I, I like to, to, to run that um, uh, and play test it when I can. Um, my, I'll start with my favorite to play. My favorite to play is Rifts. Um, I absolutely love that world. I don't get a chance to play it uh, often. Uh, that was like one of the go to games as a teen that, that we would play. And um,
0: how old are you,
1: by the way? <laughs> I, I get asked that question. I, I'm 42.
0: Okay. So you'd have been pretty young when that would have came out, but it's not out of the out of the question for you to be playing. Okay, right, right, right. Okay,
1: yeah, uh, and <laughs> I, I absolutely love that world. I don't vouch for the for the system itself. i never, I've, I think I've tried to run it one time, uh, but I just love for, like people talk about it being Gonzo, but I don't I don't see it as Gonzo. It all makes sense of why it all works. Why. everything comes together but uh, aside from that uh i love marvel face Rip. uh that was my my superhero game i'll still run that one because it's super super easy to run i've been running tiny d6 um for my my kids and their friends um i've done some i've done dread but that was a one shot Uh, um i'm i'm uh what else i've done black hack some um yeah, I'm I'm getting mixed up between what I like to play and what I like what I like to run. I'm 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 more of a simple uh, I like simpler games to run. Um and uh whenever I, I get ready to talk about my game design, there there's some there's some mindsets behind decisions I've made, especially on the game on the on the GM side of things, uh to make it easier uh to 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 run the game uh, as well as as for the players to play it. But that's so. That's a. That's a. I'm not ready to talk about the, that part yet. So you're not ready.
0: <laughs> okay. So I I haven't signed that NDA yet. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me sign that and fax it over to you, James.
1: <laughs>
0: but, so we'll just touch on uh, just real quickly, even though you said. Uh, so so are you doing like a generic system or is it for a particular uh, genre? Okay. So the system. So w- the primary
1: thing I've been working on is the mechanics, yeah. um, and then I've got some different, um, genres. I want to, um, I want to build for it, uh, kind of a little bit like tiny D six has done. They have their system and then they, they've, uh, created, um, worlds and, um, um, and such for, uh, adventures and, and they've done supers, they've done fantasy and even some off the wall things like Miami, uh, beach style, uh, games. So but no, that, I, I don't want to do, do that. But as far as what I want, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not, no
0: beach, no beach. Uh, no, uh, no. Okay. no.
1: <laughs> um, I, so one of the things that I want, uh, I, I'm, the first two I'm looking at is is a is a fantasy setting, um, and uh, and then the other one is going to be influenced by some some turtles.
0: Oh. Got it. You know, yeah. you can't go wrong. I mean, I think, I think if you, once you say Palladium, I think that there's also always that association that it's probably at least, uh, people who, who play any of the Palladium games probably spent at least a good time playing the, uh, the, the, um, uh, what was it? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it turned into, was it After the Bomb or something like that?
1: Right, right. I, I didn't really get into After the Bomb. Um, we did play a good bit of, of, of Turtles and, uh, um, And actually, uh, I would would love to be able to be a part of Palladium someday. I've got some. I've been talking with somebody that that might be able to make some of that happen. But
0: oh, that would be amazing.
1: Yes, yeah, that that um, that system. You know, even though I was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons, um, uh, Palladium Rifts is is responsible for me being in the industry. Um, uh, Particularly Vincent Perez's, sorry, Ramon Perez's uh, artwork.
0: So the, so when you say in the industry, so you saw the artwork, loved the artwork, said, you know what, there's a market for people selling art to these people. And you said, I want to do this. Is that what you're saying?
1: Um, it was more of, hey, this is cool art. And I like drawing my characters and my, player, and my, my fellow uh, player characters. And that would be cool to do one day. And then life happens. And then my wife challenges me between, de- between deployments and says, hey, God's given you this gift uh, to, uh to, to do art why don't you use it and and then uh <laughs> i i jump uh head first into to freelancing and stumble upon uh after after a bit of time stumbling upon someone uh who needed some art for a role-playing game and i was like oh yes there's this thing i can do and uh, and then years later here we are
0: yeah you know it's funny how you know the only way it's like you got to do a thing and be out there in order for opportunities to happen. Cause opportunities just don't happen. You know, you have yeah. to be actively out there. And so you were, and then all of a sudden, cause so, so that really wasn't your intent to begin with. Then all of a sudden it's like, finally, you're like peanut butter and chocolate. I can do both right now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, and, and, um, I, I failed to, I failed to mention this when, when I brought it up, but, um, when, um, when I finally recognized that, hey, there's this industry I'd love to be a part of, um, there was a decision that had to be made at, one, at some point where I said, okay, I realize that this industry is not the most lucrative uh, industry. I could be making more money somewhere else with my artwork. Um, but what, I, what has been kind of my goal from the very beginning um, was i wanted to give back to creators in a way as a kind of a thank you for um creating the hobby that i love because even at the very beginning of of this uh and i I jump back and forth between industry and community um but from the very beginning it's been a hobby thing and now some people have been able to take it and, and 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 do more industry style things with it but the vast majority of the role-playing world uh, is just a community. They're hobby creators, mom-and-pop shops. And um, unfortunately, that means mom-and-pop shop budgets. Uh, and, uh, and I recognize that as much as we don't want it to be this way, and we have a bias when we look at a product and we're like, oh, I don't really like that art. The, the writing must not be good. Uh, and so what I wanted to do was be able to have a way where uh, creators could afford quality illustrations so that their writing can can uh, be given a, a shot. And so that's how I kind of segued into uh, my Patreon when I realized, you know, I can't just always just charge dirt cheap to do the artwork. You know, I got a family of six to provide for. and
0: Yeah, you got to explain to your wife why you're not making any money, but you're spending <laughs> all this time doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. So, because you've been, so you've been on, how long have you been doing the Patreon?
1: Uh, it's about 2013, 2014. I, I believe it was the first year that that Patreon kind of launched. Um, uh, I had heard about it from somebody else, and then then I looked into it and, and, and dove in, and uh, I was actually the, as far as I'm aware, someone can can try and um uh, if someone else can disprove it uh as far as i'm aware i'm the, I, I was the first rpg illustrator on patreon um and i was the kind of one who um uh discovered what did and what didn't work i went through the roller coaster of of success and and, and fluctuating and and there are people come, who come on come on and done better than i have and and that's great um but as far as stock art goes i know that uh I was the first one on there. There might have been some who were doing, I think, I know Dyson's been on there for a long time doing his map stuff. I don't know if he was there before or after me, um, but as far as, I know for sure, almost 99% sure that I'm the uh, first stock art artist there. So it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a roller
0: coaster and, and a ride. Well, I know I've been thinking about it. And part of the reason I think I've been thinking about it too is Patreon's been, Patreon's been sending me you know, they're trying to encourage me to do that. And then, and then I look and they got videos and helps and this and that and this and that. And I'm sure when you started, there was none of that. It's just, here's a platform. Good luck, mister. Um, you know,
1: kind of from the very beginning, they've been very involved with making creators successful. So, the, so there have been videos, but they've been improving over the years. Okay. Um, and there's always been kind of a community that they, that they, that they, tried, they tried to build. Uh, through it, and I don't know how much you've looked into it, but even uh, even Jack Conte, the uh, uh, the one who spearheaded it all, um he doesn't take a salary from from patreon um he he makes his income from using the platform. Um, and so uh, it it, it was you know as successful as it is and, and also with you know you know it's had it has its negatives at, at, at times, um, but it's never. Or, from my perspective, it's always been that they've been trying to support and and provide for for creators
0: And it seems like it almost almost feels like they're they're making changes and and throughout in the, you know in the ways they're trying to encourage people and give advice because obviously you know it's a it's a two sided thing, but the main thing is is it's you know for trying to find out ways for you as a creator to have the best method to reach people and to be able to generate income in a way that, that people want. Because that's really what it comes down to is, you know, what things are people wanting? And that's what I think they give you the feedback.
1: Yes. And, and I like the fact that they, they've built a platform that is um, system neutral, um, to, to coin one of our terms, that it, you know, it's not built for any one specific type of creator. So you can customize it um, to uh to your particular style of creation. And I've been very, I've actually been very surprised um, by it that you know I was creating this this thing uh to try and provide for independent independent creators. Uh, but it feels like and and I could be wrong but it feels like the vast majority of those who support me don't use the art I create each month, but they just want to support me.
0: Yeah, that does make, it, it seems odd, doesn't it? And uh, it, but there are people out there, it's like, and it's, what you want to do is you want to help them out, right? You want them mm-hmm. to find you.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been surprised that there, that there are those who are just supporting just to, to support, and, and that kind of baffles me. Um, I, think,
0: yeah. I think, I'm just going to make a guess here, and I don't know, this is not through me, you know, doing surveys, but I think, you know, we're of when I say we, there's a lot of us who are older now, and we probably just understand what it it takes. And what <laughs> it is, you know what I mean? And people who are like, you know what, I give myself ten dollars a month, and I will just you know, you know, I might I I just have a, a certain budget. I just give to certain groups, and then after a while, I'll, I'll may switch it around. But I mm-hmm. think there's probably a little bit of that. The altruism is kind of probably based that people have a little bit more money and realize it, it isn't easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, I think the other thing, what you've done also is I think you've also have a, a, you have a very strong presence too. So I think that's, I don't know, you know, trying to think back, I don't know. I don't know that you really mark yourself, but I definitely have known of of you for a long time. And, and, you know, and I think that helps too, you know, you can't just be, you know, just waiting for money to come in. You actually have to, you know, engage with people and, and yeah, the, and the community.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I I do recognize that there are aspect, there are business things I need to do better. And I'm like, I don't I don't pay for any sort of commercial things you know, or advertisements anywhere. Um, I, most of the time, it feels like I'm I'm just uh, trying to provide for my family. And so, uh, any of my any of any exposure I have is is from um, me doing the work or, uh, I've automated some of it. So, uh, uh, that, but that's just, that's just, those are just tools I've learned, um, over the years of, of being a, a
0: freelancer of how to, uh, how to maximize some of my time. So, well, yeah. And I think the thing is, I mean, you, this is not your full-time job. <laughs> so you've got, you, 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 this is only a fraction of, of your life. You know, it's an important fraction.
1: Well, well, actually, uh, we were talking about before him, but uh, the freelancing I do full time.
0: Oh, so you uh, are forty hours a week, or whatever that means.
1: If, when you say freelance, you can assume minimum forty.
0: <laughs> well, that's so you are getting at least. Well, we'll just say, and I know it can vary, but that, that's pretty impressive. So you are, because you can say you're, per they're free, you know, uh, full time, but to actually have your calendar filled up and working continuously—that's a—that's a pretty. That's pretty, pretty admirable. I don't say admirable, but that it takes a while to get to that position, and congratulations.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Uh, it feels like um, failing at juggling. Uh, you, have, you have multiple things that you're, you know, as a freelancer, you know, always have people interested in, in other projects coming in, and you're trying to maintain, you know, what can I take onto the calendar and get done in a certain amount of time, and, you know, did I – um you know have I budgeted this correctly? You know, have I have I charged enough for the time that um I I'm spending on this and uh or am I spending too much time on this for what I've already budgeted. And uh I try and mitigate some of that. And I, I'm a bit of an of a nerd when it comes to you know how I how some of my approaches to um to this, but uh you know it that, that's actually a nice segue. I don't know if you're ready for that that conversation we talked about beforehand of um you know, of how artists um, charge for their work.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a state because you know you have to account for your time. Mm-hmm. And let's say I'm the let's say I'm a person needing an artist, needing an artist. I need I'm I'm trying to fill space in my book, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've got a budget. You got mouths to feed. Yes. And we come together and this is where that awkward that, that awkward uh, dance comes or, you know, who speaks first or what. So what's your approach to uh, to uh, quoting art, I guess, is that.
1: So my approach, um, you know, when I first entered into it, it was more of, well, what can I guesstimate this is going to take in uh and I really didn't like that. I didn't like the guesstimation because then you have to overcharge because they, you know. Or uh, for me, it was usually undercharging because you know. Here I, I'm trying to um, create something for for independent publishers. I know they don't have a lot of money, and so uh, usually uh, right they don't have they don't have the budgets of some of the bigger companies. And so what I began doing, and not that I'm perfect at this, and, and sometimes I forget to to to, to do it, but I created a, a spreadsheet, and um, where I broke down the different um, types of projects I might wind up doing, uh, both for um, size—typically you know, full page, half page, quarter page—and then spot uh, illustrations, and then uh, whether they are um, a character with no background, character with background, or multiple characters with background, and then ink and color, and so. Um, and then what I do is, uh, those are all the different types of projects I could do. And and whenever I'm working on one of those, I'll, um, I have them broken down into uh, my references, my sketch, my inks, my colors. And then uh, I saw, I'll try and clock my time on each, each phase. And then I average those, um, uh, between, um, all the other, other times I've, uh, I've written those down. And then I throw those numbers up against the hourly rate that I need, um, to, uh, the, uh, to provide for my family, throw that against, uh, uh, taxes and sick, uh, sick days and vacation right. and, and come out with a number that I can feel confident that on average, uh, this is how much that, that this should be worth. If I, if I say like. I'll, I'll be, I'll be open. Uh, I think I have my, my hourly rate set at 29 or 30 an hour. Uh, now freelancing, we know that that eventually want equates down to like somewhere closer to 20 an hour, depending on how you uh, wind up operating and all that stuff. But, um, uh, and so that way it gives me a better, better grounds to say, well, how much do you, how much can you afford? And then, and then hopes that, uh, every so often I'll, I'll get someone who can pay a whole lot to flip me over the ones who can't. And I said, really, I, I didn't feel like that was um, an honest approach.
0: Yeah. Cause I said the game, con is a uh, uh, fellows was an artist. He brings his portfolio and he was like, show, you know, and I just, I looked at his art and I'm like, I can't afford him. So I just, I just looked at him. I say, okay, I got a zine, eight and a half by 11, full page. what do you charge? 75 okay. So, and he goes half page 50. I said, well, what if I, it, it's a cover. Is that, you know, and he's like, no, it's 75. I said, well, if I do more art, does it go down? He's like, no. Cause I figured my hourly rate. It's like, okay. It's like, you know, it makes it easier to deal with me as a, as a, as a person. If you were to say X size thing, two characters, color, this is your number. It's like me as a, as a, uh, producer of a, like of a, of a, of a work it makes it very easy for me to, to handle as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, um, Oh, uh, I was trying to think two different ways at one time. Um, I, I do believe, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I do believe that, um, licensing is, uh, d- should affect, uh, pricing, um, uh, for the, you know, Usually what I quote to people are uh, my non-exclusive licensing, and that, mm. that's a way that publishers can keep those those rates down if, yep. they're, if they're okay with the uh, work being out there somewhere else. Um, also, uh, a, uh, a tip that if you are the type of um, person who just doesn't want them using it for RPGs because you want to be the only one using it for RPGs, there's also a, um, a license out there called... Um, All rights for a limited purpose, it's not, it would not be charged for the full, you know, an artist shouldn't charge for all rights, an all rights rate for that particular type of license. It's going to be more expensive than non-exclusive, but at least it keeps that art out of the sphere that you're operating in. Um, And that's one way to allow the artist to retain some of the value that you're not going to
0: use. Yeah. The, the thing is, um, you know, also this reminds me of the continual light, uh, cover that you did. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Which is amazing. Thank you. (laughs) It's like, we need to get that out because it's amazing. And, uh, (laughs) and you also did the, the logo for it as well.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And that was, that was really, uh, well done. I, I've, I've, I've stared at that for a while, uh, I've admired it for a little bit, James. I've just, I've met both of them. I, I've, I've admired for a bit, and I actually, what I did is I used the color scheme in your, um, for your cover. Then I also used that for some of the colors I'm running throughout the, uh, throughout the zine as well. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh. To be honest, I've stared at that one. Uh. There, there are
1: times, uh, in your in your creative career, whether you're a writer or an artist or whatever it is, that you're. And I kind of, I kind of view it this way that. Um, there is, there are two sides of things that you have, um, your, your knowledge of what is good in your craft and then your ability to produce. And there are times in which they're, uh, they're even right. And then you learn more and you grow more. And then, um, then your knowledge of what is good exceeds your ability to produce. And those are the times when you're like, my work sucks. That I'm never going to get anywhere. And then you get better and better and better. And then suddenly you, you reach where your, your knowledge is. And you're like, and you create something like, dude, this is, this is really cool. Uh, I I've learned something. I've applied something. And, uh, and then you learn more and you're like, oh, this sucks. And you go through the, that wave of, uh, of roller coaster emotions <laughs> of self-doubt <laughs> flagellation. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> that cover, that, co- that cover was where I took what I knew and I, and I, and I rose. Uh, uh and i was very very purposeful and in fact um i don't know if you um heard any of it but um uh, it's actually his, his uh, uh eric's niece's fault that i did it that way um because she gushed so much over the first illustration i did that i, that I wasn't even doing for eric and then uh because she, she saw um eric had seen had seen the uh, the black and white illustration and then, because he was supporting my Patreon, he saw the color one and said, like, "Oh, I have I can use this," and and he liked it. And and then when his do- when his niece saw, she said, "Uncle, this cover sells," <laughs> and, and just said it over and over <laughs> again. And so, you know, when he came and asked me to do the second edition cover, uh, I w- I, I would have I would have been remiss. If I if I had years later at a higher skill level, if she did not have at least something close to the same uh, response um, with with a cover that I created, so uh, I took all the all my knowledge, all the things I know of how to direct your eye, uh, with using both um, uh, your layout, your uh, your shapes and colors and all that stuff to uh, to produce something, and also I still I wanted to homage the original. Uh, swords and wizardry which is why i used those colors that i did but in both the, the cover and 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 then the logo
0: yeah because i've noticed it was uh, of course it's somebody sampling the cover <laughs> it's like i was you know looking through the palette and uh yeah so there's definitely a lot of definitely purples uh, going on and blues and i think just mm-hmm. a little bit of maybe i can't remember maybe a little, just a little bit of greens maybe
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: but definitely a very vibrant purplish bluish uh cover and it's very striking yep, yep yep yeah so uh yeah this that will come out It just uh we need a, one day so one someday day soon next year 2020 as it is with every
1: <laughs> rpg product as you as you create uh, i've been working i've been working on mine for years uh, and you, you you work on it you throw it away you work on it you throw it away
0: yeah well Things have changed. Uh, one of the things we actually should help it, that we were going to do an adventure with it, but I think what we're going to do instead now is, is have the rule book by itself and then do the individual uh, adventures. So there's mm-hmm. a few other things going on, but, um, but anyway, uh, that, that should come out. I'm, I'm, I'm wa- really wanting to do it after my, I've got a Kickstarter plan on Zine Quest. So after that, I, I think I want to get that on there.
1: I had wanted to hop into the uh, the crate 100, but uh, that's not going to happen. Not with not with, the, not with our my current project.
0: Yeah, well, I, yeah, that's well, that's hard because I, you know, to me, yeah. So it's it's 100 things, whatever that 100 things are, right? Right. 100 paper airplanes, 100 throw pillows, you know, with a design on them, whatever it may be. It's 100 different items. So right. what would you do for for 100 different things?
1: It all depends on. On I think there are a number of different ways you could do it with stock art. It's not hard to say I'm going to do 100 stock illustrations. Now that can be daunting if you know depending on what it is you're trying to do. Uh, If I was to, if I was just trying to pick something generic, I'd say I'm going to do 100 um, fantasy items, Uh, and I could sit down and 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 create a whole bunch of items. But uh, I I don't know that I would ever do that particular one.
0: Um, that just, that's just an, an, example of what, what I could do. Um, but it would seem like you'd probably want to do something that you normally don't do. Cause I think in the whole th- kind of, I don't say the point, it's kind of probably an idea of kind of stretching a different direction. That's
1: generally what I wind up doing with my, or with my, my Kickstarters is, uh, uh, I try, I'm, I'm always trying something new, um, and, and doing something different. Um, like I, my, my very first one was just to create fantasy um, characters, um, but just like I've done with my with my Patreon, um, I've also also tried to implement some of it in Kickstarter, where I wanted people's ideas um, and and bring their ideas to life instead of just necessarily what mine my right. ideas. are. Right. And so that's what I did with, with the very first one: is everybody submitted ideas, and then they. Uh, I think that they voted on them. Or maybe I picked the ones I was inspired by, and i've kind of I've kind of shifted over the years uh, where uh, instead of just taking straight submissions um where I just get ideas and then I kind of bounce off of that and get inspired by that. Um, what I found was constantly doing other people's submitted ideas eventually would uh, found felt more like taking commissions um than it was creating um the uh the atmosphere that i wanted with patreon oh i
0: see right
1: yeah because patreon is is designed kind of like the the old the the patrons of old where they would uh they would um support an artist just so that they could create and um and that's kind of kind of the direction i've been taking with it more of uh you know i want to create and i want people to be be, benefit from benefit from it but i don't want to be necessarily stuck in a box and Actually, my favorite clients to work with are those who don't give me walls of texts, but rather here's the concept. Now you do your thing. Um, and uh, uh, like some of my favorite ones uh, have been done, done for Mickey Barfield of the Polyhedral Nights. Um, he gave me, uh, he gave me, he wanted a creepy child with an, a bloody knife and glowing eyes. And, you know, in my mind, uh, it's a little bit trope. You know, we've seen that a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. How how can we make this more fun? How can we can how can we do something different? And well, what 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 wound up was this? Um, at, what I want I didn't want you to notice the creepiness at first. And so um, there it was a, uh, I wound up drawing this young girl um, who was holding a, a hole puncher. Uh, now the hole punch happened to be bloody, and so that was that was the bloody knife part. But the supernatural part was when you did a double take at her neck, where you could see like kind of the rows of teeth uh, that would that betrayed her true her true nature. And so, um, I like doing that sort of thing of where I get to have some of that creativity. Uh, he did the same with um, with he asked for a um, a diplomat. I'm trying to remember what it was like. He had one other um, one on one other uh, adjective for the diplomat, but I can't remember. what Oh, uh, and he also wanted him to have uh, a sword and a flintlock pistol. And what I wound up being able to do is take more of a, um, uh, an Eastern Indian influence um, and, and create something that, you know, most that you don't get for most diplomats. Um, same thing for, with a bard, I, I'll keep on going on. Uh, he asked for a bard and I forgot what all, what all it was, but it was just a small little snippet. And it gave me a lot of creativity. I wound up doing like an African rock bard uh, out, out of it. And so just to, some of those fun things that I think that that's what artists want to do. They want to create, they want to be creative. And maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe some artists, some artists need more specific things um, that they, maybe they, maybe they don't have very good ideas. They can, they're good mechanically being able to reproduce, but they don't come up, they don't have very good ideas um, uh, or don't feel confident in their ideas. Um, and i I think that's actually um a good segue to my my current Kickstarter uh, where um you know i've been doing i've been doing my artwork for about seven or eight years now in 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 industry and uh along the way you've hit certain milestones right that that confirm hey you know yeah you really are a professional or, or, or <laughs> you while know, uh, you wade through the the periods of doubt right uh and so um you know my some of my, my my first one i shouldn't say first one the the first one that comes to mind was you know being in, invited as a as a professional guest to a convention um and I, I was invited to one in houston was able to go to that and actually i was invited to another one that actually didn't wind up not going through but um uh and i've gone, gone through some others o- over the period of time working for bigger companies um working for like say steve jackson games and um But most of my my focus has been on more independent publishers. Uh, But recently, I had one of those other milestones come along where someone came to me uh, and asked permission to use my artwork, uh, and that they would create 3D versions of it. And um, I I had known of artists uh, that uh, would have 3D artists uh, create, you know, models of their 2D illustrations, and I was like, that's not going to happen with me because I'm just this little nobody in this small pond. Uh, and, uh, but he came to me and asked if he could do that. And initially I was thinking, I thought he was just wanting to do it for, to build his portfolio, um, or practice, uh, modeling. Um, uh, but then he came back and, and talked about, you know, commercial rights, uh, wanting to, wanting to sell them. Uh, when, when I thought it was just for personal stuff, I, I've been very, always very loose with my license, uh, my licensing and permission with first things. And I was like, yeah, you know, what, well, Here's a whole right. folder of previews, use whatever you want. And uh and but when he talked about you know profiting off of it, I was going, we ain't gotta have more of a discussion about this. And so eventually what I discovered was that he was trying to create a a stock of miniatures to to make available um uh to sell for people to print. And uh having been in, you know, having done stock art, I know um, that that doesn't um, it doesn't really work too well. Uh, you never know, like you can create. You can spend hours on something, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And it never the speculation,
1: followed. right, right, right. And so I didn't want him to fall into that same trap. And and I actually I segued into this because you know when he came to me, and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, of course. But why would someone want to use you know if you're three D Why would you want to create someone else's art? Uh, but for him, it may just very well be that uh, well, one, I know that he likes my, my my work, but it may be that he's more mechanical. And not as creative. And so uh, that, that makes sense. But well, I, I want
0: to oh I'm say, I think with your art, I think it's it's very distinctive, you know. And I think I th- I think in a way that if you're going to t- there's a lot of miniatures that just look like other miniatures. But I think the thing is with yours you got like a very sharp, stark style. And I think that provides a a something that's more unique. I don't want to say completely unique, but it definitely I can see where somebody would say, yeah, I want to do something that sets me apart from everybody else. And mm. I think your, your art is put into 3d is that.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I have been enjoying what he's been doing. And uh, I actually have a degree in computer animation. I I, I learned how to do 3d modeling uh, in, in 3d max two decades ago, uh, Maya rhinoceros, those things, sort of things, but that's just that was just, just not my passion or uh, well, I enjoyed doing. I, I like the 2D space and um, but what, what I wanted to save him from from heartache, <laughs> from from struggling through all that stuff, because doing stock art for the sake of doing stock art do, doesn't really work. I'm not saying you can't, but you have to have so much out there before you start seeing any real revenue come back. And, uh, and so I said, hey, you know, don't you know, don't do that um uh and that's actually kind of where uh, that's also a connected thought with uh with the licensing stuff that when you when you when an independent publisher is is hiring a, an artist to create something um understand that that the licensing has value um uh, by by default um the artist owns the 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 copyright to it um and that um You know, if you're, if you want to be the only one who can use it, then that means that he, that, that this business uh, encounter is the only time he's going to profit from the work he does. So he has to make sure um, that, that it, that it equates. And so if, if you're, if you're, if you're okay paying that extra amount because you want to be um, exclusive, then, then cool, great. Uh, I've had, I've had clients do that where, and it actually helped me through some more difficult financial times where they, They were able to pay, uh, I I generally charge close to double uh, when I do fully exclusive, but the vast majority of my stock art comes either from crowdfunded um, uh, um, ventures where either Patreon or Kickstarter, uh, where people support me enough to be able to have all that available or from independent clients who didn't purchase all the rights. And so um, that's how I've gotten my stock and all the money I make from stock is is it, it, uh, is on um adds to what i what i make from from clients instead of trying to live solely off of that. I would love to be able to get to the point where i live solely off of that, but that you know i'd have to have tens of thousands probably uh before before i start seeing that. Um but i wanted to save him from having from from doing that and so i said hey, you know, just just do a kickstarter or a crowdfunding thing and 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 I'll, then i'll just take you know, the percentage we agreed on. Uh, but he came back to me and said that he couldn't because of where he lives. And so um, my role transitioned from just being the one providing artwork to being a, an actual project manager. And so, oh,
0: so, so not to get too close. So he, does he live in another country? Is that the problem? Yes,
1: yes. So Kickstarter
0: live- does not, because there are certain countries, they will not, uh, for tax, governmental, legal, whatever reasons, they just right. don't, right? Right. So. so that's
1: where I come in. And, I'm, and so the, the primary purpose of this Kickstarter is actually going back to my original purpose of just trying to help people. And uh, I, 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 I do get a percentage of, of this Kickstarter, but uh, the, uh, the vast majority of what, this, what we raise on this is going to go to him.
0: But I guess, so what, you're, what he's using is previous stock art, right? Yes. So, but I yes. think in some ways, if you think about it, in some ways, I think that's actually helpful. Because if you're if you're if those if that stock art's being used in some of the publications, somebody say, hey, 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 I finally get to use the the glipper clock. I can get actually get a glipper clock model or a miniature for my game. I'm going to order three glipper clocks, and or I guess I order or the model and print it out to my art's content. So I think the idea that it, it, it actually works in his favor, the more distributed that stock art is. Mm-hmm. For that purpose,
1: yeah. And on top of that, um, one of the things I've done with this Kickstarter is that there is a commercial. Uh, there are actually two commercial pledge levels. Uh, one that allows you to print and sell, um, or and or um, include the STL files in products um, that you create. So if you're creating an adventure and you're using um, the uh, uh, you know one of the one of the monsters that we've uh, that we've created you can include that in the product so that people can 3d print and have it as part of the adventure and if you and then on top of that the uh, there's one additional tier that will also provide the vast majority of the stock art that um that the uh, products are um are based off of hmm. so it's a it's a it's a it's a way for uh, uh for that to uh like say for instance you know, one of the illustrations. Um, if you hired me to do it, and you didn't buy all the rights, and suddenly it's, it's getting created. Now you could also include the STL file if you were a supporter of this, and, and include the STL for uh, your product, and uh, just try new things that, that I haven't seen people do before, and and uh, add more value to their products.
0: Yeah, and I think definitely going to the kickstarters and marketing and ways of of adding. You know, value. I don't want to say value, but yeah, I guess say value. It's it's like, it's a complicated thing when you're when you're running a Kickstarter, and and you're right. So if you can add more things, and it's not that much more cost as a mm-hmm. as a um, person putting out the project, it, it, it makes it helpful, and it may not make a bunch of sales, but it may make people more likely to do it or to go up to the next tier.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that um, that we are doing is we've we've gone ahead and we've committed to doing up to hundred um uh creatures and i've done the math uh, where um we uh depending on uh, for each pledge level um that uh well not each pledge level uh, there are increments um, that, that we make uh, we will add on another monster and um i talked with him about his about his rate and what he's looking for and uh and so uh, that's a, that's that's bare minimum that i've said uh when we go up this is how much um each one's gonna be and so. Uh, none of this is ever going to be a, a, this idea of a project creep where uh, suddenly, well, now he has to do a whole, whole bunch more. Well, no, he's getting he's going to get paid for what he's looking for. Uh, At least for and one. you don't
0: have a physical product you're delivering. So that's that saves you a lot. A lot. Yes. A because a lot. it's like, you know, for me, it's like, OK, let's say I want to let's say I've got let's say I, I pay writers three cents a word. hmm. And I figure, well, if I pay him three cents a word and I spend $400 on stock art um, and I, I, if I make you know, uh, if I, my Kickstarter, because the Kickstarter, uh, when you're funding it, also includes your postage. So right now at $3,000, say I fund for $3,000, um, once I subtract all my costs, I may only have just maybe $100 from my pocket or so. Right, right. And I say, well, you know what? You know, if it funds at four, I get some but at five, I do five. Maybe I can reward the, the, uh, I can reward the writers and say, oh, you know what, I'm going to give a 25% bump. And then, then you try and figure out those different rates. But, but if you're selling books and you're also selling PDFs and depending so on what sells and what doesn't, it's just like, it can get very complicated to try and figure that out. But at least with you're just dealing with electronic files, it makes it a lot simpler.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what I've tried to do for the, uh, from when I first started Kickstarter, I realized, uh, you know, I know that there's so much that, that can fall on, you know, in the wayside that I don't look forward to. Um, when I finally do put my, <laughs> put my product out there, I know there's going you know, to be so much calculation and, and, and buffers and all sorts of stuff to, to be able to produce, produce the product I want to produce. So.
0: Yeah. It's, and it's very, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's nervous enough when you keep it simple, it's a nervous <laughs> anxiety inducing enough as it is to keeping things simple, but when you start adding complexity to it, it's just like, Oh,
1: yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. So
0: it's like, so like, okay, this project did this. What do I think the next project will do? Should I go ahead and I do have a uh, Zach, I was talking to Zach uh, goings. He's um, he's produced a number of zines, but he, he made a statement. I don't, I don't know if it's true or not. I've, I've been mulling over, but he's basically saying maybe, you know, your Kickstarter will will fund at the level that you expect it to. And I thought, you know, (laughs) you know, the idea would be, you know, and you know, if you go backwards, like, well, if you put the resources in, not that you say, you know, I'm going to put out the the minimum amount of effort above my expect to get $50,000, but you know, if you expect to make a thirty thousand dollar Kickstarter and you you fund it accordingly, maybe you, you could expect to make get a thirty thousand dollar Kickstarter. But I think the idea is the art. And that's what's hard is, you know, art's expensive. Even clip art, you know, it's it's a good value, but it's you know to to fill up a zine, it's in a cover, it, it can still cost. It's it's very hard speculative work, and uh, but I think with you providing at least you know affordable stock art, that makes it you know, much easier for people to be able to have some cool stuff to sell, but, uh, yeah, it's tough.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, I've, you know, you, uh, before we, we started recording, you wanted you said you would want to ask about the Patreon. Um, and one of the things, uh, I don't know that I've talked about yet, um, is, you know, what I do with my, uh, with my Patreon. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I had already mentioned it from the very beginning i I wanted to take ideas and, and create art and that that uh, and create stock art um, so i would for my patrons uh, each month i would I would let them submit ideas and then I would take from those and i' I've, I've I've gone back and forth between taking what i've been, been um, inspired by versus just taking each individual versus letting them vote and that's kind of the whole roller coaster side of things but on top of that i will, i will, I would give them credit um, for, for stock art. And eventually that became just a lot of work. Um, of
0: Wait, cal- yeah, because I was going to say, cause maybe another artist does the credits and I, I can't understand it.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it became a lot of work just trying to track, okay, who has what and the spreadsheet and stuff. And so eventually I took the plunge and spent, i spend about a month setting it up. Um, but I'd always wanted to kind of step away from the, Stock art place um, that everybody uses, and and because uh, I really uh, the the percentages they ask for stock art um, just thirty five
0: percent off the top is that the one you're talking about?
1: M- maybe yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I to I wanted to cut that out, and and so I I created my own my own website, and um, and through it um, I offer uh, credit for the store, so it's. Um so what I'm able to do is say, okay, uh one credit equals a uh, real world, real world penny. And then that way they can go and spend to their heart's desire if they want something super expensive, which I don't really don't have anything super expensive. I think the most I have is somewhere around eight, nine bucks, maybe closer to ten. That's um, but the majority of it is between five and eight. Um but uh uh but that's that's one of the things that, that I've done where and not only do you get the art that I create each month, but you also get um, close to what you spend. I like say if you, if you support me for 10 bucks a month, you get the art I create each month, um, but you also get about, about $10 worth of credit for my store. Um, and so it's, it's a way for me to be able to, um, uh, to give people a way to afford more art than, than they could going somewhere else where they got to shell it out. Or, yeah, and I reckon-
0: and you're, you're banking. You could probably afford 3 or $4 a month or whatever the, the $5 a month. But it's hard to sometimes come up with a big amount. But if, if you subscribe, then at the end of the year, you have a sizable amount of money to, to be able to put to stock art.
1: It, it, it's insane, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm trying, I've got one person who has yet to spend a dime on my store. And how much that they have accumulated, accumulated over, over time. Um, and I was trying to see if I could pull them up really quick. Um, but the majority of them probably have over $100 worth of, of credit in my store that they haven't even
0: used. Well, you know, that is a secret behind gift cards.
1: <laughs>
0: Did you know that? So you buy a gift card and a lot of people never use the gift card. And so the company gets that money, but you've never, no, people don't claim it. So they know, like, say whatever that number is like 40%, that's, that's prof. I mean, that's they'll, that is pure profit. So, uh, <laughs> and I know like with, pay, with, uh, Itchio, mm-hmm. they got, I got $50 in that account. I've never pulled it out. It's only $50. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, they that's how they're making their money. It's just all these people saying, yeah, I'll, I'll get it out sometime. It's not that much. I'll just let it sit.
1: Yeah. So my, the record on on my site, uh, I have one person who has um, $1,160 in credit that they've never even touched.
0: Oh, wow. So, you yeah. know, uh, they need a partner with somebody <laughs> who needs to do a bestiary.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh so i'll tell you
0: what yeah, yeah. so can you can, can they they could uh that would actually work out pretty well so well yeah. that's neat and, that you know the people are willing to support and uh i think the, th- the thing is it's th- like it goes
1: back to that whole important you know, just for just a support that they're not really trying to you know weasel a whole bunch of work you know artwork out of me and, and i have some people who, who who support me and could certainly use um, they're stock art but they still hire me to create work and so
0: yeah uh, and I think too it's like you know there's I think especially with Patreon there you know there's Man, I don't want to push it too far but I mean there, there's a little bit of a, a link a personal link that can occur right it's like okay James is a good guy I like James Oh, I like James stock art you know what I'd like to have him do a cover too a really cool yeah. cover, <laughs> you know? so it's like, it's not, it, you know, going with Eric, it really wasn't just having somebody do the cover. It was having you do the cover, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's probably what happens with people. It's like, I like James. I like his art and I wanted, I want something special for, you know, that'll work out great for both of us. They pay you a cold, hard cash. You provide them a, a, a wonderful picture. It's win-win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Uh, I was just taking a, another quick look uh, on my site um, on the the number of people who have have credit, and of the people that that use them, like um, majority of people still wind up having over a hundred dollars in in there that they could that they could use. Uh, yeah, majority of them easily over that much, and so just surprised at, at the community. Um, uh, of, of and you talked about in the very beginning um, uh, th- that um, that camaraderie that we have, and so I I continue to be surprised by it.
0: I you know just speaking of of creators, I've, I'm of the firm belief that every person before I interview them, uh, or even after I think about it, it's like we're friends. We just don't know it yet.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, if we can sit down at a, t- at a table and roll some dice, regardless of, you know, personal beliefs, and some people, you know, have, uh, have different views on that, but, you know, I can be friends with anybody, because um, that's a choice. Um, and so, you know, if we can come down over a over shared interest, and we can, we can disagree about a number of different things, um, but I can still value that person for who they are, for, 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 for them being a person. I think
0: we've. I think in many ways, if you look at the way our country was and, and other countries were, there was. Um, you look at like, like say, folk music, where people would come together for for dances. People would come together for community events. You know, even back in the say the fifties and sixties, people would sit on the front porches as people would walk by. People would stop and talk. You know, it's gone. It's gone. Our sense of community is shot. But the idea that at least now we at least have something, you know, role-playing games where we can come together and just, you know what, it it doesn't have to be serious. I think some of the best things is we can just come and laugh. And I think that's probably the greatest gift that, uh, or the a gift, but that's, that's the amazing thing about role-playing games is that we can just get together and laugh and have a good time. And Mm -hmm. we don't see that (laughs) on, on Twitter or on Facebook or, you know, all these other things or in real life. It just, it's kind of sad. So I think the idea of being part of a community, even if it's very short lived and only lasts for a weekend is, is very an important thing for people to experience.
1: Yep. Yeah. Thank
0: well, you. I think we're hitting the time space continuum, James. Yeah.
1: Same, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so in Alaska, are you, uh, so right now it's starting to get cold. I'm in my garage and it's probably like 50 degrees in my garage, made a little warmer. Uh, so, what are you experiencing in Alaska right now?
1: Well, you know, I mentioned that I had just come back from Texas, and in Texas, it was uh, when I left, it was 80, eighty degrees, and when I came to Alaska, it was two. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and uh, and we've been hitting some, hitting some hitting some negatives as well. So, uh, I actually, I need, uh, you mentioned the, the time. I actually need to get ready for um, a Boy Scout event this weekend. I'm oh my goodness! I'm going to be running um, a game design merit badge.
0: Oh, and so it's not going to be running around the woods with uh, with uh, anti with with bear spray. So it's going to be game design.
1: If if you, if you heard me earlier, it's been two degrees. Uh, really? I'm not going.
0: <laughs> oh, you, you guys have, but you guys have uh, uh, all of the, the parkas and the. Uh, <laughs>
1: yes, we do, but it's, dogs. it's still two. <laughs> uh, but. I'm going to be running some games. Uh, we're going to be running some, uh, 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 some role-playing games as well, talking oh, about excellent the development of, of, of RPG history. And so it's,
0: it's all something. turned around from when I was young, where it was something that only a select few, uh, a non-select few did and uh, much to the embarrassment, uh, whenever brought to others. So um, it's great to see that not only are things more open, but uh, even with the, with the boy Scouts or uh, Cub Scouts, or whatever that, that, uh, that it's really being coming out of the culture, and and it's a very positive thing that you're helping out with. Mm-hmm. So, well, you uh, good, good luck with that, and uh, and good luck with your two degree temperature. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I'm sure it's going to get Appreciate warmer soon. Oh,
1: <laughs> Maybe yeah. when the sun comes up.
0: <laughs> oh man, I I I feel for you. I guess it's your choice though. So, uh, but my goodness. You're a hardier breed than I am, James, (laughs) a much hardier breed, and uh, you take care, James. All right. Thank you so much.